Hello, everyone. Welcome to another segment of The Left Wing. I am Desmond Price, host of the Independent Thought Podcast. I'm joined by my co-hosts, John Cooper, host of Counterpoint Politics, and Dr. Erica, host of Cocktails and Capitalism. And we are talking today about what I'm assuming is the biggest news of the week, is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis officially entering the presidential race. He announced his candidacy yesterday on a Twitter Spaces event, which was kind of marred by technical glitches. Uh, it didn't actually start for 25 minutes. I sat through that and listened to actually a full hour of that, to which I have to you know, tell you right now that that was 55 minutes too much. Uh, zero <laughs> out of 10 stars. And again, having a presidential announcement on a place like Twitter space is a terrible idea, trying to like, the, you know, knock off Clubhouse. But anyway, so Ron DeSantis now enters a crowded primary field on the Republican side, along with others like such as former South Carolina Governor Ricky, uh, Nikki Haley, former uh, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, Vimic Ramaswamy, uh, Senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott. And they are all vying to challenge Donald Trump for the GOP nomination in 2024. And Trump does see DeSantis as his number one challenger. He's been attacking him for months now. And that's probably because DeSantis has a number of billionaires that are backing his campaign, most notably being Rupert Murdoch, who has had DeSantis on Fox News 113 times in the last four wow. months, including last night after he did his Twitter Spaces event. He then came on and did another interview on Fox News. So it's open secret, basically. Rupert Murdoch wants DeSantis to be the leader of the Republican Party going into 2024, and he is fully behind his candidacy. To which now, you know, DeSantis's case against Trump is, is pretty simple. He's going to say that I get things done and Trump is all talk. He mentioned that in his in his address last night. He's running on his, you know, fact that he got his don't say gay bill done, his stop woke act to bending gender affirming care, a six week abortion ban, an anti riot law, an election securities office that he's created, which that that's a fun topic for later, and stop social media censorship act to which he constantly is saying that Florida is where woke goes to die. So my question for my panel here. Is Ron DeSantis actually worse for the country than Donald Trump? Because I, I think that's the question that people really want to know. For those who, unlike us, who are chronically online, we've already had this debate, but maybe somebody else who's just coming to this casually doesn't really know the differences. What are your thoughts on this? John, Erica, who is worse? Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis? I'll put it this way. I'm far less scared of a nuclear apocalypse under Ron DeSantis. Other than that, uh, he's much worse. I, I think uh, if you ever heard the the John Mulaney bit of a horse in the hospital, he compared Trump's presidency to a horse being loose in the hospital. Okay. And nobody knows what the horse is going to do, but it's in the hospital. And like we're all just like, we're listening to news updates, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, that's bad. But yeah. DeSantis is like, if Satan was running the hospital <laughs> and knew what he was doing, yeah, like 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 that that that's the difference here is that yeah, Trump is kind of like he's a loose cannon. He's generally bad, but like I don't think he actually knows what he's like. He, he doesn't have a actual campaign of hellfire and brimstone to push, whereas DeSantis does, and that's the scary thing. Is like, what if Trump had the popular the populism support of the Republican Party? And also had a well-oiled political machine where yeah. his concession, his not concession speech wasn't made from the Four Seasons 
um, landscaping company. You know, like, like that. That's what we're talking about here: a competent, a politically competent Trump, um, and that's scary. I mean, you said exactly the things that I wanted to say. Like he is competent in ways that Trump is not. Um, you know, I I think. Uh, I heard at one point someone from uh some latin american country talking about how like trump is better than biden uh because trump won't actually get things done like he's he like all of the bad agenda items that he has it's unlikely that he'll be able to pull them off but if you have someone who's yeah a more well-oiled political machine um who's younger who I don't know <laughs> the the Twitter uh, announcement does not make me, give me a lot of hope about his like appeal to the younger audience. He can't like even get that right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's clearly going to. I mean, look at his agenda items that he's already brought up, and look at the causes that he is furthering, and the kinds of things things that he's censoring. Um, you know, the the attacking of trans folks. The it's. It is so it is going to be so dark if our country is run by a competent fascist versus an incompetent fascist. You know, um, that is that is the scenario that we all feared when Trump was I mean, a lot of folks feared when Trump was on stage. But he, you know, he was running the country, but people were thinking, what who is going to fill his place in the future? What kind of real fascist who can really get things done is going to take up the mantle here um, and carry that that horrible torch um, and and DeSantis has been the lead person for that role you know <laughs> this whole time I mean I've just uh, he's I've been focusing largely on him as I mean I think maybe whatever Tucker could be a a, a dangerous person if he was running oh let's um, not speak that into existence <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. let's let's really not go that route yeah <laughs> um i am legitimately just i i cannot get over the situation that we find ourselves in because i i'm now in a spot where i feel as though do i actually have to defend donald trump over the next like year do i have to be sitting God. here talking about how donald trump is better than someone like i cannot believe the universe we're living in right now <laughs> because spending so much time throughout his whole presidency talking about how he was like the worst we have ever seen and that you know we had to mobilize this massive unit against him in 2020 to get him out of office and it was worth voting for someone like joe biden someone who i personally didn't want as the leader of the democratic party but we had to vote for him because we had to get trump out because he's an existential threat and now like two years later, we're being asked to be like, hey, by the way, now you have to basically get on Trump's side because there's actually somebody worse than him behind him. That is blowing my mind. I cannot believe that we are actually subjected to this. And also, strangely enough, I will say that I want to push back against the narrative a little bit. Hmm. I don't think Trump is completely incompetent the way that people project yeah. him out to be. Hmm. One of the first episodes I did on Independent Thought was um, I wanted to cover Joe Biden and Donald Trump. This is back in 2020. To do so, I spent a few weeks watching multiple Trump rallies. It was it was fun. Um, I watched a lot of Trump rallies. And one of the things I took away from that is that Donald Trump is actually 
incredibly calculated. Like you, you would think that he's not, but a lot of those things that he says in those rallies, I mean, those are all scripted. Like those were mm-hmm. written out. Like those, those you might think they're off the cuff. They're they're really not. Like that's actually the things that he was planning to say. Uh, so it, it feels yeah. as though he actually was truly manipulating the Republican Party in ways that, you know, I think people didn't fully give him credit for. Um, and with that being said, under him, it actually, I think, would not be as bad as it would be under DeSantis. I mean, strangely enough, Trump has been consistent with not wanting to cut Social Security, not wanting to cut mm-hmm. Medicare. Uh, he did do some gun control, strangely enough. It, I'm getting sick defending him right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. he, he did actually pass a farm bill that legalized hemp, which is actually great. Um, so God, this is making me sick. No, I, I, I'm sorry, everyone. This is, this is wild. We actually, (laughs) we actually in this reality, John, help me here. (laughs) I mean, the the thing is, okay. So here's the thing. We have a very interesting, if, you know, if we forget about people's lives being at stake, this is fantastic political theater because what we have (laughs) is we have Donald Trump who will almost certainly like he, his kryptonites, Joe Biden, you know, like he's already lost to him pretty badly i think that joe biden's only chance of winning re-election i've said this before DeSantis entered or whatever is that trump wins the republican nomination because he's the only person who people can look at and go that track record i don't like either you know mm-hmm. um and but DeSantis, i think is positioned fantastically to destroy joe biden i think if yeah. DeSantis wins the republican nomination it's over for joe biden and we get four to eight years of DeSantis, and that's bad but also, I think Donald Trump is uniquely positioned to bully the crap out of DeSantis. And it's going to be hard for DeSantis to beat Donald Trump because DeSantis' entire persona is anti-woke, anti-this, and I can actually govern. And Donald Trump is also all of those things. And he's like, I actually did all of these things. I have experience being president. And all of you Republicans were like, we love me. You know, so like he doesn't actually effectively defeat Donald Trump as easily as he defeats Joe Biden. So I think us on the left should just pray to God that Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination and, you know, or Joe Biden has a health issue and drops out of the race. Those are the two things that I'm hoping for. Um, But I, I, I genuinely think if DeSantis can overcome Trump, I think Biden is a much easier opponent for him. Yeah. But he has like the charisma of a wet turd, you know, yes. he's like <laughs> just, just really like, he, have you heard him speak much? Like, God, it is so fucking boring. Like, I mm-hmm. just, oh, God, he's droning on again. <laughs> and it's, I hadn't it's heard better him. better than Mitt Romney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. so. But... but actually, that's a strong point, though, John, is that I think Mitt Romney was able to win the Republican Party, you know, and yeah. I think the thing that I'm most worried about is the Rupert Murdoch angle here, because, you know, time and time again, and maybe this will change the cycle, but it hasn't changed recently, is that when you look at the breakdown of voters in this country who are 45 and under versus 45 and older, the eligible voters are about equal, but the 45 and older crowd doubles up the 45 and younger crowd as far as people who actually turn out to vote. Now, who has the eyes of the 45 and older crowd, Fox News. 
Mm-hmm. And Rupert Murdoch has now pushed, positioned himself as being all DeSantis like 113 times in four months. Like that's, yeah, that's damn near every day. That's basically every day. So you're putting, so you're actually in my mind, I'm thinking back to the 2016 campaign where CNN, MSNBC, like they went so hard on their Hillary Clinton coverage, right? Mm-hmm. And this is basically what cable news does. Once they have their person, they go all in. And so, and I think that that has a really strong effect on the older voting population who, if we're being fair, they vote at higher rates than younger people do. So I'm legitimately worried about Fox's ability to more or less change the Republican narrative around Ron DeSantis and make him more popular than Donald Trump, because I think a lot of Donald Trump's success came from the media being in love with him. And now they're actively going against him. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how the the cards you know reveal themselves as to who's backing who. I I do think that the Republican media apparatus is going to back DeSantis because he's great for them. You know he's controllable, unlike Trump, like we just mentioned before. He's yeah. much more controllable. He's much less of a wild card, and does all of the same anti woke uh, theater politics. Yeah, pro, like it it works for them. And I just think that DeSantis, I just hope DeSantis is a bad enough candidate that, and, and also I don't think Florida actually helps him. Like I, I, I don't, I think that the average view of America, even among conservatives is Florida bad. Like we don't want Florida to be our country. Um, I, And I know that like a lot of conservatives are going to disagree with me on that, but I think that the average, you know, Ohio Republican looks at florida and goes oh well, i don't want that like like yeah i, I, I don't that's want biden but i don't slogan. want that i'm gonna go with trump you know and and that i think that that's gonna be the narrative but we're gonna we're gonna see it's gonna be a wild fun ride isn't it guys you don't want to make america florida make america florida is the dumbest slogan <laughs> it's so fucking um, bad it's, it's amazing so... <laughs> <laughs> i did want to kind of just like talk a little bit more about um the fact that Elon Musk is platforming DeSantis, mm. that he is basically unofficially endorsing DeSantis. So you, you have this, this allegiance forming between this like tech oligarch and this, you know, budding fascist politician. Um, it's, it's a very bizarre, bizarre relationship. And I think we'd like need to keep our eyes on, you know, what, what Elon is doing to prop up um, fascists, basically, like how he is using his platform to welcome back all of the mega folks, to welcome back all the racist folks, and then also now, um, yeah, give this platform to DeSantis, who has done so many horrific things already, as you know, um, well. Uh, in politics he's just already been such a disaster so i don't know it it just seems very weird that he would do this and then not only that but like he's trying to capitalize on desantis's run for office um by using that as a way to drum up support for this new feature on twitter which is a bizarre thing to do and it's funny that it it was like you know half an hour of it just glitching out and failing uh when they were trying to do this really important announcement um but he his 
explanation for why it's glitching out and failing, Elon says, oh, it's because there's way too many people that want to use this. Way too many people are trying. And that is just like a, he's still, even in his explanation for why this announcement failed, he is trying to sell his fucking product. He is trying to sell Twitter spaces, you know, <laughs> and trying to trying to just inflate his value as and and his company's value so it is a sick twisted weird relationship that's forming and and it definitely reveals some of the relationship between capital and um these more fascistic uh leaning politicians we're going to see more and more of that in the future that's only going to become more of a problem so you know in a way i was it's kind of makes our jobs easier when Elon does what he does, because I, I think everyone on some level understands that the billionaires of the world are, you know, like directly intertwined with political candidates. Mm -hmm. But when Elon is just so openly brazen about it, it's just less work that we have to do trying to uncover who these people are who are backing these candidates. It's just like, oh, Elon's just out in the open about it. Oh, all right. Well, less work I got to do digging it up. But um, yeah. truthfully, yeah, I mean, the Twitter spaces thing was a phenomenal disaster. I don't personally understand what the appeal of it is. Um, just to have this all audio platform, no video, just a terrible way to roll out a presidential candidate, um, presidential campaign. And then also the fact that, you know, he's trying to like say they're like, oh yeah, well, there's just so many people in here. It was like 200,000 people. How do you not stress test that ahead of time? Yeah. You know, just, I mean, like tech genius, Ron DeSantis <laughs> has billions behind him. You don't even know how to roll out your own campaign. I mean, it, honestly, I, I, at the time I was like, this is completely humiliating, or at least you would think it would be. But, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know if Elon is actually pro like fascism or if he's just using it as an excuse to bolster his his income to bolster twitter you know so on and so forth but either way he's not against promoting it he's, he's not against that whatsoever and and i think that that is something that you know we are going to see more and more of that there's certain billionaires like elon who are completely okay with cozying up to politicians like ron DeSantis because their lives aren't going to change whatsoever by the rise of someone like ron DeSantis, and so there's no real detriment on their end for backing a candidate like that i'm gonna do some uh armchair psychology here oh um, all right and say i think elon has drank the kool-aid i think elon's head is so far up his own ass that he thinks that he is somehow even though he openly supports fat like i don't think he views himself as fascist i don't think that he's like i want to advance fascist authoritarian ideology as much as like us on the left are like oh yeah no the, the as you mentioned there the tie-in of fascism and capital i don't think elon thinks that way i think he's mm -hmm. accidentally doing that i think that elon yeah. views himself as this warrior of the people because his legions of reddit twitter users who subscribe to his thing that now pop up at the top of every single tweet in the comments and ruins twitter for everyone else like they support him and he just wants to kind of similar to trump almost like he wants to ride that wave of support he wants the people telling him he's awesome he wants the people telling him he's a really cool guy because i think in billionaire circles he gets laughed at like because actually really dominantly rich old money people know that his entire net worth is an inflated ponzi scheme and if the <laughs> price of the companies that he owns falls he doesn't actually have anything and so i think that like this entire thing this entire time has been him just he's going anti like he hates the woke. he's like i need something yeah. to hate i need something that i can really easily dunk on because i'm not actually funny 
and people will laugh at it. And wokeness is that thing. And who's doing that? Well, DeSantis is doing that. And I can back DeSantis. And if he becomes president, I get a buddy in the White House. I don't think he's actually, you know, 3D, you know, whatever, 4D chessing, you know, fascism and authoritarianism combined with his billionaire status. I think he just wants to look cool because he's a loser. <laughs> I think that's genuinely, uh, and, and hopefully, you know, hopefully I'm right about that. I don't want to be wrong about that, you know, but like, I, I think that's the case here more so. I mean, well, I don't I think, think he's a political mastermind. I don't think he's uh -huh. doing this stuff as like political maneuvering mastermind stuff. I think he is, um, yeah, just uh, trying to capitalize on some of the worst things in politics that are going on. And and he has been- Capitalist. Um... <laughs> I mean, Elon's an opportunist. Yeah. You know, he, he really is just about inflating- any project that he's involved in, you know, Tesla, you know, SpaceX, Starlink, Neuralink, and now Twitter. I mean, he's just, he he's, he's interested in nothing beyond just trying to make sure that, you know, like his own personal brand and his companies are going up and that they're interesting, that people are engaging with it. And I, I think, you know, DeSantis is popular right now. And he wants to take some of that popularity and combine it with Twitter. And then I think that is basically what, probably where it ends for him, you know, or maybe, maybe I don't know. I might leave the armchair psychology to John. Maybe we need to give him his own segment here, <laughs> armchair psychology with counterpoint politics, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, I um I am also interested like you are um, as far as watching where this all goes between how Elon and politicians like DeSantis go forward in the future. And I think that Elon is a, a good example of someone whose politics are largely shaped by the position that he finds himself in in life. You know, he's been shifting further and further right. And we're going to see that more and more as his entrenched interest as a billionaire become more aligned with folks on the right and folks on the far, far right. <laughs> you know.